welcome. I'm your host, Diana Bruin, an expert in PKD, nutrition, and all things kidney health. If you believe there is more you can do with nutrition to slow the progression of PKD, but you aren't sure why or how, the PKD Dietitian Podcast is just for you. We'll look at the science and research around PKD. I'll break it down in ways that are easy to understand. And of course, we'll dig into all things nutrition and PKD. I'll answer your questions and those that I frequently get from clients and medical professionals. Along the way, you'll meet researchers and PKD warriors highlighting the power of advocacy, awareness, and community. Let's get started. Have you been told to drink more fluid or to stay hydrated? Maybe you read online that it would benefit you. That's pretty generic advice. You probably thought, what do I do with that? Listener Jason W. wrote in with that question. How much water should I drink? I bet he was told to drink more too and is trying to figure it out himself. So let's explore that. The what, the why, and the how much for hydration and polycystic kidney disease. I am going to flush out, pun totally intended, why hydration is encouraged for PKD, if it is beneficial to have a higher fluid intake, and just how much fluid you should aim for. But before that, I'm going to start with some science about PKD, the kidneys, and touch on one hormone you for sure want to know about. Don't let this scare you off. Stick with me. Understanding some of the science will help you move towards putting and keeping positive hydration habits in place. Let's start with PKD. Autosomal dominant polycystic kidney disease is caused by the inheritance of the PKD1 gene mutation, which accounts for about 85% of PKD cases, or the PKD2 gene mutation. The PKD1 and 2 genes both provide encoding similar to specific assembly instructions for making proteins in your body. These proteins, called PC1 and PC2, I know, very creative, play a part in cell growth in the kidneys, the kidneys' physical structure, and fluid secretion. The PKD gene mutations alter these PC1 and 2 proteins, changing how they interact within the body and within the kidneys. This directly affects PKD kidneys. When it comes to cell growth, think cyst growth. When it comes to the kidney's physical structure, think scarring and fibrosis. And when it comes to fluid secretion, that is the one that connects with fluid-filled cyst. Because of the altered PKD genes, some pathways in the body are more active with PKD. I like to think of them as essentially overstimulated. The main overstimulated pathway associated with cyst growth in PKD is called the vasopressin pathway. We will come back to vasopressin in a little. Hint, this is the hormone you want to know about. I truly believe the kidneys are greatly underappreciated. They play many roles in the body and don't really get the credit that they deserve. 
One of their main roles is maintaining the body's fluid balance. Kind of important as over 60% of your body is made up of water. When your body has excess fluid, your kidneys will increase in urine, will increase urine output and get rid of it. And if your bodies need more fluid because every cell and organ in the body needs water to function and survive, your kidneys will reabsorb water and in the process they concentrate your urine. This is ultimately to prevent dehydration. With PKD, there is what is called a urine concentrating defect. This just means that the kidney's ability and function to reabsorb fluid is altered. The cause of this urine concentrating defect with PKD is not yet fully understood or known. Because of this urine concentrating defect, there is a much higher level of the hormone vasopressin traditionally with PKD, which of course is the key hormone in the vasopressin pathway I mentioned earlier. Let's look a little closer at what vasopressin is and does. Vasopressin is a hormone that we all make and we all use in our bodies. It is frequently called the antidiuretic hormone. Vasopressin stimulates, with PKD, cyst cell multiplication and fluid secretion. Because of this, vasopressin is considered to be a key driver of PKD cyst growth. Let's look at vasopressin's pathway to the kidneys. So first, vasopressin is released. The reason it is released is in response to several different things. In response to low body fluid levels. Now, this happens well before you feel thirsty. Once you feel thirsty or feel dehydrated, vasopressin has already been released. It's also released in response to low blood pressure. And when the balance of sodium and electrolytes to fluid in your blood is off, this relationship is called osmotic balance. Second, vasopressin finds its way to receptors on the kidneys, and these are called V2 receptors. The V2 receptors are like gatekeepers to the kidneys. When vasopressin finds them and binds them and activates them, it stimulates a chain of events in the kidneys that leads to the kidneys reabsorbing fluid, but also fluid secretion within the kidneys. This cascade drives cyst formation and growth. And because of this, vasopressin is a key target for therapy with ADPKD, both pharmaceutical medicine therapy and diet therapy. In summary, vasopressin is triggered in the body and in response, it's released, goes through the bloodstream, comes to the kidneys, binds with those V2 receptors, which then increase fluid secretion and reabsorption, which the end result is it pr promotes cyst formation and growth. And by the way, this V2 receptor might sound familiar to you if you're taking Tolvaptin or Genarcu. So the whole goal of those medications is to block vasopressin from binding to those V2 receptors 
on the kidney, thus preventing that whole cascade of events within the kidneys. If you are a visual learner, linked out in the show notes is a blog I did on hydration and PKD. There are some great visuals outlining this process there, so make sure to check it out. What we do know about vasopressin and PKD is that higher levels of vasopressin are associated with faster growing cyst, faster progressing PKD, larger total kidney volume, and lower kidney function. We also know that both obesity and diabetes are associated with higher circulating levels of vasopressin. There are diet and lifestyle factors that are all modifiable that increase vasopressin secretion. First is a diet high in sodium. Second is a diet heavy in protein. Third is smoking. And fourth is poor fluid intake. By now you might be thinking, I should ask my doctor to see if they can check my vasopressin levels. Once released, however, vasopressin has a pretty short life in the body. And because of this, there is no good direct lab measure that can give you a reliable result. In clinical studies, measurements of something called copeptin are used as a substitute to indirectly measure vasopressin levels in the trend. This test is not commonplace in outpatient care for PKD. However, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if one day it is more commonplace. So what's the rationale behind the drink more fluid recommendation? Increased fluid intake with your best choice being good old water helps to prevent additional release of vasopressin. Enhanced hydration, which I like to call it because it's got a nice positive spin there, is beneficial to combating PKD progression. It is also good for general overall health. It's also easily accessible and has few drawbacks. The whole goal is to interrupt that vasopressin pathway. Safe, easily accessible therapeutic interventions for slowing the progression of PKD are super important. Enhanced hydration is one of them. Just a few of the additional benefits of enhanced hydration with PKD. Of course, number one was reducing the stimulation of vasopressin. I think you guys got that by now. The second is it helps to prevent kidney stones and UTI formation. And if you want to learn more about PKD and the risk of kidney stones, I linked a blog out in the show notes also. And the third is prevent dehydration. And dehydration itself can actually cause kidney injury and worsen kidney function. Definitely don't want to throw that in the mix. All right, PKD warriors, we're getting to the million dollar question. How much fluid should you drink? The answer is... It depends. It depends on you. Any dietary recommendation, especially a therapeutic one, should be individualized to you. A good general recommendation for PKD is to drink three liters of water a day. This is about 100 ounces, a little over 12 cups, 3,000 milliliters, or if you like, if you're a visual person, think of those nice big Nalgene bottles, the ones that are about 32 ounces, 
three of those is about three liters. You're probably thinking, wow, that seems like a fair amount of fluid, but let's put that in perspective. The recommended adequate intake for just general health for men is 3.7 liters and for women is 2.7 liters. This is right there. There's not that much difference. And I know you're thinking, well, what about the eight, eight ounce cups a day? That is just a catchy phrase. It is marketing magic. There is no science behind it at all. The whole goal of the three liter intake is to generate about two and a half liters of urine output a day. That two and a half plus liters of urine output in studies, like the Tempo study that looked at Tolvaptin, that is when the triggering of vasopressin release was reduced. So it really is about how much urine you're putting out. This urine output, the 2.5 a day, was associated with also with much lower UTI and stone risk. I count that as a triple win. And for most people, drinking three liters a day is enough to meet your urine output goals. Some factors that can increase or decrease your fluid needs are your kidney function. Absolutely talk with your doctor if your function is less than 30. Definitely um, personalize what your goals are. Exercise, you lose fluid through sweat. Some medications cause you to get rid of more fluid, so you got to make up for that. Your environment, if you're in a hot environment, you might need more fluid. Also, your body size. And last but not least, if you are pregnant or breastfeeding, you are going to need more fluid. Essentially, anything that can cause you to hold on or to flush more fluid can change your body's need for balance. So we've walked through why hydration is really good for PKD. You know that one hormone, vasopressin. You know what your fluid goals should be and how to personalize them. Now, how do you know if you are drinking enough? The first way is to look at the color of your urine. Is it pale and almost clear? That's a really good sign of hydration. It's diluted urine. It's diluted with fluid. Is it darker yellow? That indicates poor hydration and symbolizes a much more concentrated urine. This is a sign you need to increase your intake. Do know that other factors can change your urine color, stuff like meds, vitamins, and even assist burst. So if you see something abnormal in your urine, absolutely contact your doctor. You can also look at the lab, your labs, your blood labs. Certain markers like BUN and sodium are influenced by hydration. And looking at them, your doctor or your dietitian can tell uh, how well you're doing for your hydration. But the best option if you want specific answers for how you are doing with hydration and diet is to look at the 24-hour urine. This can tell you how much fluid you put out. It also can tell you how much sodium you're putting out and how much um, urea, which is a marker of protein. And it looks at that ratio of all the concentration of those things with your urine output. And this absolutely tells you if you are at the right balance 
to not stimulate vasopressin. Another question I frequently get is, can you drink too much? The thought is that fluid and water is good, so more is better. However, you can consume too much, so you do want to talk to your dietitian, talk to your doctor, and get that right balance. When you have too much fluid coming in and you're drinking too much, which is honestly quite hard to do, it dilutes essential electrolytes in your body, stuff like sodium and other things, um, which is called hyponatremia. So lastly, I want to say thank you to Jason for the great question. I hope you found this episode uh, valuable. And if you couldn't tell, I got pretty jazzed about getting a question. I am an experienced kidney dietitian and an experienced PKD expert, but totally new to this podcasting space. So on my end, it was great to hear uh, from you and the PKD community. And if you have a question or a topic you would like me to address in a future PKD dietitian episode, there's a link in the show notes for you to submit it. That's all for today, folks. <music>